Hi, I'm your host, Bella Page, and welcome to the Post-Concussion Podcast, all about life after experiencing a concussion. Help us make the invisible injury become visible. The Post-Concussion Podcast is strictly an information podcast about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. It does not provide nor substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are simply intended to spark discussion about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. to today's episode of the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Belle Page, and today's guest, Heidi and Brayden Alvild. Just last week, we had a talk with Heidi and Brayden's parents about their dad's accident and their experience with post-concussion life. We are now here with both Rich's kids, well, adults, to hear their experience of living with a parent who is suffering from a concussion. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. So we did hear it last week, but do you guys want to tell us a little bit about your dad's incident anyways? Yeah, of course. I can give the brief little recap of it, but essentially he was involved in a rollover collision. He was driving alone on the Coquihalla. He was coming back from a work trip, unfortunately. Well, I guess perhaps fortunately because it was a work trip. So that definitely played a scenario on the outcome. But essentially he was just driving home from Kelowna. He was about midway between Kelowna and Merritt and on a very empty road and just somehow lost traction. There was black ice on the road and he just ended up going around a corner and the the back of the truck just swung out and he ended up, luckily there was snow on the side of the road, but he ended up spinning around and then basically went parallel to the sidewalk backwards, hit the snow bank and rolled, we think two to three times. And uh, unfortunately he was alone, but fortunately there was a car much further up the head who I think witnessed it or at least saw a little bit of the aftermath because they were way back and luckily they pulled over to help him. So that was, uh, I mean, could have been a lot worse. There was a big hill or a cliff even on about 40 to 50 feet away from where his truck eventually stopped. So if the snow wasn't there, it's very potential that he could have gone off the actual cliff and down even further where no one else would have been able to see him. So his truck would have just been lost along with him. So we're, we're quite fortunate that the snow was there to prevent him from rolling any further. Yeah, for sure. So have either of you had any concussions? I didn't ask before. No, not personally. No, I haven't either. Brayden and I both grew up playing sports. Brayden played hockey and I played soccer and softball. So I think in contact sports, we have hit our head once or twice, but we've never had a diagnosed concussion. So for our dad, his concussion was something brand new to our family, to our immediate family, and even to our close friends. So it was definitely a big learning experience for everyone. Yeah, because if you've never experienced it, it's really hard to understand and it's really hard even know what they're going through because you can't really see a lot of it. So how did it feel when your dad wasn't recovering? Because at first it kind of seems like the doctors always make it seem like, you know, two weeks, everything will be better. So how did it feel when those two weeks passed and then things still weren't the same? It was definitely discouraging, very difficult to watch. 
you know, I think about the day when we picked my dad up from the hospital and on the outside, he looked okay besides a few bumps and bruises, but we didn't know to the extent of how bad his concussion was until those few weeks. And he had the classic symptoms. He wasn't sleeping. He was physically in a lot of pain from the whiplash, the headache, the brain fog, the like the emotional impact too. You're a little bit more agitated. It's hard for you to kind of grasp things. So to see that continue on was definitely really hard to watch because he is such a very important role model in our life. And, you know, before he went on his business trip, everything was normal for our family. So it was, you know, a complete 180. Yeah. I mean, we didn't exactly know and he didn't know and his doctors really didn't know the extent of the trauma that he had been through either. So I think for the first month or so, he kept on going to our family doctor and she just kept on saying, yeah, it's going to be like a couple months, like you've had a concussion, just basically take it easy, don't do anything, stay off your computer, your phone, like don't work. And then, you know, we'll we'll see how things go. Things are going to get better, but nothing was happening. Like I've had friends who have had concussions, even at a very young age. I mean, one of my friends playing hockey, I think we were... 10 or 12, he sustained a massive concussion, not even during hockey, actually during school, he hit his head on the corner of a desk. And I remember him having quite the kind of rehab after that kind of concussion. And then of course, just being around sports and watching professional sports, you hear about concussions a lot. I didn't have a whole lot of background on concussions before he had it, but I definitely was aware that it was a growing issue. I mean, there had been a couple movies that come out just before that concussion was one of them. That was very eye-opening, and I guess I just managed to watch that maybe a couple of years before my dad had his concussion. I had seen a number of sports interviews where uh, a lot of players and professional sports were really trying to get together to fight because they just weren't getting the support they had after their career, even sometimes, most of the time, throughout their career as well. So I knew that it was an issue, and I knew that it was a big, like, the help that he was receiving was not what he should have been getting. It was getting nothing. It was just like, sit down, sit in a dark room, don't do anything. And I mean, that alone is really hard to watch. I mean, you're seeing your dad, your your best friend, you know, you're like one of our biggest role models in our family, just literally can't do anything. It was not fun to watch. But just knowing that we just weren't sure if he was even getting better throughout that time, it was just not easy. So we we're kind of grasping at straws and really catching up on what concussions are like and what needs to go into the rehab for it. Yeah, it's hard. And I got told that to stay in a dark room too, actually, when my concussion symptoms really started to get bad. And we've actually now learned that that is terrible for concussions. And it's not like the number one recommendation, but for the longest time it was. And even today, a lot of people that aren't educated on like up to date with concussions still recommend that that's the only thing you should do. And It's not a bad thing to do once in a while, but it's not the number one recommendation. And it feels hard. I know my parents and my siblings had trouble with this for me, but I'm sure it was hard for you guys. Your mom mentioned a little bit, you guys working together and talking and stuff about your dad. How did it feel to not be able to help like fix what was wrong? Because that can be really hard as a kid, as a sibling, because you want to help, but there's really not much that you can do. It was really hard. It was really hard because it was hard on him as well. I mean, we were all going through it together, but like the fact that I couldn't help him and the fact that he didn't know what help he needed and he didn't have anyone telling him, this is what you need. It made it even more difficult. 
So we were kind of flying blind. And throughout that time, he's not getting any better. In fact, he was likely getting worse from doing what he was doing. It was so, so incredibly difficult. It wasn't motivating for ourselves personally at all. I mean, that was a really hard time for each of us individually watching dad. You know, our life, as Heidi mentioned, really took a 180 after the accident. I mean, dad was weird just a normal family before that, you know, no drama. None of us had ever had any big injuries. I've never broken a bone. I don't think Heidi really has either. We were all just one big happy family. And then suddenly our dad is on the couch and in total fog, doesn't really know what's going on. And we kind of don't know at all either. As time went on, it was kind of increasingly hard for him to communicate exactly what he was going through and what he was dealing with. And emotionally, you could just tell that it was really compounding for him. I mean, he was getting depressed. He was losing a lot of motivation because he just didn't have anyone around him who could tell him, like, this is what you can expect. This is what we're going to do for you. And this is how you're going to get better. Like, in the first few months, we just did not have that until WorkSafePC stepped in. But yeah, it wasn't just hard for him. It was really hard for us personally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's nothing easy about watching either. People don't always understand that it's hard on the survivor, but it's also hard on all of the family and friends who are there watching someone change and go through something a lot different than they've ever gone through before. So you guys, everyone listening can learn more about their dad, Rich, and his podcast, Welcome to My World, by clicking the link in the episode description. With that, we're going to take a break. Therospecs are therapeutic blue light glasses for people with brain injuries, post-concussion headache, and photophobia. They filter up to 25 times more of the light that causes pain and other symptoms, making them more effective than typical blue light glasses. So if fluorescence, screens, or sunlight feel too bright or trigger your symptoms, try Therospecs risk-free for 60 days and see if you can find the protection and relief you need. Visit therospecs.com Bella and use code Bella15 for $15 off your order. Welcome back to the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Belle Page, and today's guest, Heidi and Brayden Alvild. So something we talked about a little bit when we met before was your dad going on medications and kind of changing him and mood swings and things like that. So do you want to talk a little bit more about like what it was like to live with him when he was going through therapy and treatments and things like that? One thing that our dad struggled with, and I know is still a symptom he experiences today, is his sleep. And after his concussion, he was not sleeping at all, of course. And for months and months after that, it was becoming a really big issue. So he did try a variety of different medications to help him fall asleep, help him stay asleep, taking a nap here and there when he needed to, but just nothing was working. And Anybody that knows, even if you don't have one good sleep, it affects you the next day. But when it's consistently, you start eventually to lose hope that you're ever going to sleep a full night. And it's still a symptom that he experiences today and still continues to work towards and seek advice from medical professionals for. But it was just really discouraging to see him try different things and for nothing to work out and to see him deal with the impact of being sleep deprived every single day for months and months and months and now even years on end. Yeah, it was not fun to watch at all. I mean, some of this stuff, 
he would take it. And within 20 minutes, he was a completely different person. And that was terrifying because the medication wasn't helping. You just knew that right away. If it was having that big of an impact that fast and completely altering who he was, that can't be helpful to his condition. And they weren't even working. That was the thing as well. I mean, he took them consistently and they said, you know, it's probably going to take a month before it works. And a month goes by, two months go by. You know, his motivation's just continuing to spiral down. And then so is ours because we're seeing not only his motivation go down, but we're seeing everything that he's been given. We're hopeful that it'll work, not work. I mean, almost not a single thing did anything for him. It just made him a completely different person for hours at a time. So it was scary <laughs> just knowing that that kind of medication's out there. It is crazy when you think about it. As you say, a tiny little pill completely alters something. I took, I've talked about it on the podcast a few times. There was one medication I took that slightly lessened the headaches. My problem was I had chronic pain and like excruciating pain every day. So that's what all the medication was for. And in three months, I lost over 20 pounds. Then I took a year to two years to relearn how to eat a full meal again. I think I had my first full meal a year after I started therapy with a nutritionist and a dietitian on how to even learn to eat again. And that was from one pill for three months. And then it took a year to like get back to where I was before. And it can be things like that. Or I had one that it was night terrors. I already get night terrors. And then that medication was so bad that... My partner at the time said, no, you can't take this because you're scaring me at night. Like you cannot be doing this in your sleep every single day. And then I was afraid to sleep because the night terrors were so bad. So it is amazing how some medications have such strong side effects, but you can ask someone else who's taken it and they had a completely different side effect or a completely different mood swing. And they all interact differently with all of us. And it's important to recognize that when you take them, that it might not be the same reaction that somebody else got. And so speaking of pills, but reactions and relationships of pills, how is the relationship between you two through all of this? Because that is definitely something that you would have to deal with when dealing with your dad as well. Well, Brayden, he's my big brother. So of course, you know, he's got to do his part to keep me safe and everything. During our dad's recovery and ongoing recovery, I strongly believe that while they can have assistance from medical professionals, you need family support no matter what. And Brayden did a really good job at being dad's sidekick, being there for mom and taking over like duties in the house and stuff and checking in with me. So in, in a way, his accident brought our family closer and we already are an incredibly closer family. But Brayden also took the lead to on like educating himself more on concussions and to find different things to help dad even, you know, have you tried this for sleeping or, you know, this for your headaches and whatnot. So we're definitely as close as we always have been, but, you know, our support when we felt discouraged and sad and knew that we were both feeling like hopeless in our dad's recovery, that we had each other to support each other and to listen because we were going through the exact same thing together at the exact same time and, so you need your family support to help them, but also to help you too during the process. Yeah, it was between Heidi and I, you had moved out, I think shortly six months after or later that year, I think, or a year later, I continued at home because I was continuing school. So I was there for just the three of us between my mom and my dad. And I mean, 
all of our relationships. I mean, as Heidi said, like it really did kind of bring us together because we had to battle it together and we knew that we had to support dad through it all. But it was a big, big curve. So we definitely had our battles at times, but it was really just to help each other understand what was going on and what was going to happen and what the future was going to look like. I mean, it was hard for all of us to understand, but I, I know like anyone listening to this who's been in this situation has likely gone exactly through the exact same thing as well. I mean, there's going to be some barriers to understanding because it's so unknown. And, you know, it's not, this isn't a broken arm or a broken leg. Like it's all up here and it's really hard to see any progress that's being made or whether things are going forward or backwards. So as Heidi mentioned, we were all very much in it together and we always will be. I mean, I think we're definitely closer today than we ever were really before. Yeah, it is important because you do need that family support, like Heidi said, because without it, it's even harder and it's already something hard to go through. And I get, like you said, it's not always perfect when you're going through it either. I know my little sisters, now she makes jokes about it. I know it was really hard at the time to deal with, but she makes jokes that I lived in my room for two years. And it's true. I did live in my room for two years and either in my room or in the hospital is where I was. And now she makes jokes, but I know that when it was happening, she didn't get it because she was younger and didn't really understand why I was okay for a few hours and then in bed or I was happy and then I could snap really easily. I had a lot of anger issues when I was going through it. And like my siblings sometimes make jokes, but they all know like if you touch my head, I jump and I used to snap. And I'd get really mad because it was always hurting. So the idea of it hurting more used to make me react. So that would cause problems. But my siblings are also the ones who have been there for me when, oh, can you drive me to go see my horse? I'm really dizzy today, but I want to go. So they would pick me up and take me and little things like that. It's like, oh, well, I really need this from like the pharmacy. And they'd be like, oh, no, I can go get it for you or I need help reorganizing my meds. I can't keep track anymore. And they would help with things like that. And it's so important because it made such a big difference for me as well. So do you guys have any other tips for individuals going through the same situation? I think just understanding or at least being open to understanding. I mean, one thing that we kind of dealt with with dad was temper. Before, I mean, he's had a slightly shorter fuse his whole life, but... I mean, after the accident, it went tenfold, his views. And that was really difficult on all of us. I mean, at the end of the day, we just really had to understand, like, this isn't you. This is like the concussion that's causing you to do this. It's the cocktail of medication that you're on. It's the sleep deprivation. Like, this is all what's causing you to be like this. So you really can't take those kinds of things personally. You really got to understand that you're not who you are right now because that's who you want to be. You are who you are right now as a product of your injuries and the medications that you're on and any other contributing factors. So that was something that we definitely had to understand altogether. I mean, we had our battles for sure. And my dad would just storm off and he just needed his face and we had to give it to him. We wanted to, of course, like chase after him and be like, no, like, we're sorry or whatever. Like, let's try to fix this. But something that he really told us, he's like, no, like, I need my space. You're like, I sometimes don't understand why I'm like this. And I just need to cool down after it. I just kind of need to be with myself. So we had to give that to him for sure. So really just understanding like the A of who they were before and the B of who they are now. 
and what's causing them to be that way and just being open-minded about it and not taking it too seriously or too personal at all. And on top of that, I think education is really important. As a family, prior to our dad going into the head injury treatment clinic, we were starting to learn more about concussions, but we actually learned a lot through him with what he would share with us when he would come home. And that opened up our eyes a lot to the variety of symptoms of concussions. Because then when we look back on, you know, the first few months after his recovery, we can be like, oh, it was hard to be in a grocery store because of all the lights. Or he constantly had headaches, even if he was just watching TV and that's like consistent pain. Or even just the lack of sleep that he was going through. Like those are all the symptoms that he had. And we learned about them as things went along. But I think we have way more education now that we can share with others than we used to. And I think that just comes down to the family working together and supporting each other. You know, our mom is a very strong woman and she's been there beside her dad every single day. So it's, you know, education, but also checking in on each other too, because we're all handling it a little bit different in certain things about my dad's accident make me sad, but not make essentially brain sad or my mom sad. So we all, you know, respond differently. But to know that, you know, there are now, to our knowledge, places that people with concussions can go to get help and, you know, to work hard so that they can get there and to celebrate their little achievements. You know, when our dad doesn't have a headache, it's a big deal because he's not taking, you know, Advil or Tylenol. Like he can sit and enjoy what's surrounding him instead of, you know, having dinner with his family and having a pounding headache. Like it's just you know, something that could be a normal fix for someone is actually a pretty big achievement for somebody with a concussion. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, and that's all some great advice, especially the not taking it personally, because I think if my mom did, she probably would have never spoke to me again by now. So there's a lot of things I'd say to her. She was the one I was around her every day. And I'm sure your mom experienced it a lot too, because you're the one who's around them the most. Like my mom was the one who was always checking on me and taking care of me. And she was also the one who took the brunt of my anger all of the time. So I'm glad she didn't take it personally because she still loves me. (laughs) That wouldn't have gone very well. And the education piece is really important. And that's what this podcast is all about because you have to learn what someone's going through because it's hard to explain like you guys have mentioned and it's invisible. Like sometimes my family knows now that if I say, we're in the middle of a family dinner and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go lay down on my niece's bed at my sister's house. They're like, yeah, okay, we'll wake you up in an hour because that's just part of our life. It's not, oh, you're going to miss out on dinner. Or, oh, you're going to miss out on some family stuff. It's just, that's fine. We know that that's what you need and that's fine. Like you're not trying to skip out on things or like I've missed family events or not gone because it's just easier for me and they just get it because if they didn't, that would make it way harder for me to deal with. So you guys have already given so much great advice, but is there anything else you would like to add before ending today's episode? Yeah, I'm sure your listeners have heard quite a lot through all the podcasts, but I think just staying motivated. I mean, you're not alone. I mean, there's so many people out there who get concussions, who get life-changing injuries. And at the end of the day, like you have time. You're not, perhaps your road to recovery is going to take quite a long time. But in that meantime, you still have who you are and you still have those around you. So yeah, it's going to be different, but just understand that that's the new normal and find a way to just 
you know, make peace with it. That's the really the only way that our family really got through with it. Like as soon as we kind of really understood that this is where things are and this is how things are going to be, it's a lot easier to move forward because you're not constantly hoping like tomorrow's going to be like much better. Why isn't today better? Why has it been so long? Like we just know that, okay, this is actually going to take quite a long time. And now that we understand that, we can work together at it. So I really think just keeping an open mind and staying motivated and finding the new positives and the new normal is a key way to recover. I would say on top of that too, our dad has a very great sense of humor and he's always making people laugh. So during a time he wasn't cracking jokes as often as he used to, as he was recovering from his concussion. But when we started to see that side of him come back, it was a relief and just to have laughter again, you know, find that, like Brayden said, find the motivation and the positivity, but try to do what you can as a family to provide a stress-free environment as much as you can. And to sometimes take the conversation, a little bit of a detour away from the topic of the concussion and just find things that you guys find funny as a family, or that will make the person who has a concussion laugh and just feel some sort of relief in a different way. I think that's something that's helped our family too. And if anything, made us more funny. So <laughs> that's great. Well, I just want to thank you both so much for joining us today and sharing your insights on family and life post-concussion. Don't forget Heidi and Brayden's parents were on last week's episode if you want to hear more. I just wanted to say thank you. The podcast is just over six months old and I couldn't be happier with the response. If you truly love the podcast, please consider leaving a tip in our support the podcast tip jar found at the bottom of our episode description. All tips are greatly appreciated and help cover costs of the show. Has your life been affected by concussions? Join our podcast by getting in touch. Thank you so much for listening to the Post-Concussion Podcast and be sure to help us educate the world about the reality of concussions by giving us a share. And to learn more, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.